Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in. Amen. Did everybody get a spoken to? No? No? Okay. Just kidding. Good morning, church. I'll try it again. Good morning, church. It's going to be hard to preach on the floor and not want to sit down. I'm just, just throwing that out there. I decided this morning I wanted to preach on the floor because I think uh, there's significance in the word today for all of us. And I believe God has given me a word in season for this morning. Amen? Honestly, I thank you. Uh, uh, I, I was praying last night and the Lord told me an important message. And I said, well, no, pr- no pressure, God. No pressure at all. Okay? So, uh, <clears throat> I love you all. But I believe <clears throat> there's something in my heart this morning I really want to share. And I think it's a timely word for the season of this church and maybe the season for many of our lives. Amen? I will start off by saying 2022 has been for some amazing. For me, it's been a crazy, interesting, up and down type of year. Amen? Uh, you would, you, one would think that what happened in 2020 would have been worse than what's been going on this year. But I have encountered more hurdles, ups and downs, roadblocks, barriers than I can count on one hand this year. And the reason, I think there's multitude of reasons, but one of the main reasons for this is I think is, hit, hit, let me, let me, before I say that, let me set this up for what I'm going to say. Uh, the things that I've encountered this year haven't been things of destruction more so than they've been things of distraction. Anybody feel that way? Like it ain't been something that's like at the end of the day I'm like, man, I'm just ready, you know, give up. It's just left me exhausted. It's left me exhausted fighting a battle that I'm like, why am I even fighting this battle? Like anybody there? Like you've done that? You've dealt with that? Like what in the world? I am exhausted because I've been fighting this battle over and over and over and over. And it seems to be like as, as much as I get focused and as much as I stand up and I go, man, I, I am ready for the day. I'm ready for the day. It's like something happens. It just distracts you, knocks your whole day off. And 2022 
has it been so much a year of destruction, more of a distraction? And I think, and I'm getting back to why I think, because I think the enemy knows this, and I'm going to say this, and a lot of times I don't like to blame something on the devil, but I ain't got no other person to blame right now, okay? So it's him. Come on. Right? You ever, you know, you ever, there's certain people where you go, it ain't the devil, it's you, baby. <laughs> The devil messes me. No, no, no. It ain't the devil. It's you. Um, but these situations, some of the things been going on, I'm like, this is the enemy. And the enemy does this stuff. And I believe he does this stuff. Why? Because if he can get you not focused. If he can get you not focused, it's not that you won't accomplish what God's put on your life. It's just that you're going to move very slow towards getting there. Come on, somebody. Well, Pastor Fred, I don't know if I agree with that because, you know, the will of God is always this. Yeah, the will of God is there and the will of God is, is sure for our life. But the enemy knows that distraction. Come on, because the Lord gives you free will. Distraction slows you down. Are y'all hearing me? Actually, distraction is quite interesting. So I always tell the story when I talk to younger people, those people that are younger than I, amen. That's, uh, that group is slowly becoming larger and larger <laughs> at, at this church, and I'm praying about how I need to deal with that in my spirit, amen. But when I get to talking to young folks, I'm, I always tell the story in medieval times, in medieval times, uh, there was, they would, um, when a person would do something wrong, they would take and they would tie every limb, both arms, both legs, to ox. And they would tie them or horses, ox, horses, and one of the two. Medieval times, I would think it would be horses, right? <laughs> I'm going to get it right. It's in my head. I always get it right when I'm talking about it. But in medieval times, they were tied to an animal. We're just going to say animal, okay? An animal of large stature that had a great amount of power. And they would tie these limbs, and they would lay this person down, and they would take, and they would start beating these animals. And as they would beat the animals, the, they would run, pulling the limbs to the point well, they ripped the limbs off. Now, I know this is gross, right? This practice was called distraction. Distraction. And it gives you a beautiful picture of how distraction works. It works like this. You get pulled every which way. Pull this way. Pull that way, and and before long, you're just broken. You're left in pieces because focus is gone. There's nothing that you can really lean into, and it's hard. Amen. Amen. So the Lord gave me a word this morning. I want to preach it, and I I think I'm gonna preach this thing. I'm gonna preach this thing. It's been on my heart this morning, but the Lord directed me to. Ezekiel chapter 37. So let's, let's turn there and we're going to read. Amen? 
Ezekiel 37.1 from the NIV says it like this. And the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Somebody say bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Verse 4, then he said to me, prophesy. Someone say prophesy. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know. Somebody say, then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded and, it was pro- and as I was prophesying there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. Verse 8, I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Tendons, flesh, skin, no breath. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man, say it and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet as a vast army. Verse 11, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the servant Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back from it. The, Go back to that one. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. 12, 13. I will put my spirit. Uh, then you, then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then, somebody say, then you will know. That I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it, declares the Lord. My assignment this morning is to preach a message that I have titled, Then. Somebody say, Then. You will know. Tell somebody on your left. Say, Then. You will know. Y'all all all looking at this. You're talking to somebody's back of the head right now, okay? I hope you will figure out, oh, oh, let me... Then, somebody say, then you will know. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to say this morning. Speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Ezekiel's vision in the Valley of Dry Bones came to him after God had directed directed him to prophesy the rebirth of Israel in chapter 36. Chapter 36, he's prophesying to a nation that's broken and scared and seemingly destroyed and not going to 
make their way back. And he stands in the middle of this time, in the middle of time of question, in the middle of time of fear, in the middle of time of I don't know what's going to happen. And he prophesies in chapter 36 that there's going to be a rebirth. Somebody say a rebirth. It's just like God that in the middle of times where it doesn't seem like things are working or you're on your last limb, the Lord says, I'm not done quite yet. Somebody say he's not done yet. It is when you come up to face to face to what seems like barriers, what seems like hurdles that you can't get over, what seems like things that are stopped there and won't let you get cross over into the chasm of your destiny. That is where you face, come face to face with the reality that God is bigger than your problems. Amen. That when your problems look at you and say, it's over. God says, I'm not done quite yet. Amen. I almost titled this message, It's Not Over Until God Says. Amen? Because it's, cause, cause, uh, many times in our life, most, most of our life, we get so caught up in, the, in this fact that we are facing and fighting a battle that we can't seem to get over. And God is in heaven going, listen, listen, I see the end from the beginning. I know what the end is. I stand at the beginning and I walk with you through it all. Amen. And when you serve a God that knows the end from the beginning, when he says it's already done, when you just started, come on, somebody. You can rest in the fact that when your situations or when problems or when things come up that tell you over and over that it's done, it's finished, that God is not, uh, doesn't have a plan anymore, that your life is through, you can rest in the fact that God says, I am not quite finished yet. Amen. And when I'm not done, guess what? It's not over. Amen. I'll say that one more time. Y'all real quiet in this pre uh, Presbyterian Baptocostal Come on, somebody. Church up in here. When God says he's not done, guess what? It means it is not finished. No matter what the situation looks like, no matter what your finances say, no matter what your, your, uh, your, your, whatever's going on in your life says to you, what your situation looks like, God says, I am not finished, so it is not done. Amen? So... This vision came to him after, after God had directed him to prophesy to the rebirth of Israel in chapter 36. God announced through the prophet that Israel will be restored to her land in blessing under the leadership of David. Amen. My servant who shall be king over them. Clearly a reference to the future under Jesus Christ the Messiah who is a descendant of David. However, this promise seemed impossible in light of Israel's present conditions because she was dead as a nation, deprived from her land, her king, and her temple. She had been divided and dispersed for so long that unification, come on, listen, and restoration seemed impossible. So God gave Ezekiel this vision of dry bones as a sign. Israel was scattered. They were scattered. They had no king. They had no home. They had no identity. They were scattered. 
They were in captivity. They were being uh, abused. They were being misused. All kinds of stuff. They were scattered. But they had a promise. They were scattered, but they had a promise. Nation in shambles, but still had a promise. Things out of order, but still had a promise. No unity, still had a promise. Divided all amongst themselves, still had a promise. Lost, fearful, scared for their life, but walking around with a promise. Ain't a minute y'all gonna catch this. <laughs> they had all kinds of stuff going on, but they had a promise. And the Lord began to talk to me about prevailing, began to talk to me about myself and about us and, and, and about this year. And I began to just say, Lord, lean into the Lord, talk, talk to me. What are you trying to say? Because listen, I don't, I don't ever think about the scripture. I don't really be thinking about the scripture, but the Lord just dropped this in my spirit. And, and he said, Fred, Fred, many of you right now in prevail and at this church and this church in general, there's so much going on and there's a lot happening and it seems chaotic and it seems stressful and it seems, to, but the Lord said this. Fred, I still have my promise intact. Oh, it's mm. oh, stressed out. Still got a promise. Come on, somebody. Oh, no, no, no. Together we prevail. Not, not so much, but we still got a promise. Come on. Y'all don't want me to be honest in here, do you? Y'all want me to be real. I'm going to keep it real with you. Been sitting around praying, Lord, this church is supposed to be all about community. This is supposed to be all about this. What is, and God says, I know, Fred, it seems hard right now. And I, I know things are going crazy and stuff is happening. But listen, but listen, just because you're in this season doesn't mean my promise stopped. Just because you're in this season and the church is going through this season where it seems to, uh, like things are shrinking or it's dry or whatever it may be, God says this to me. He said, my promise is still intact. My vision for this church is still intact. And listen, listen, this is what the Lord said. If I have to cut stuff away for you to remember what I said, I'll do it. It's been, it's been interesting because on a personal level, I felt much like the children of Israel. Scattered. Wondering what's happened. Feeling like there's a barrier that I can't get over. Feeling trapped. Held in captivity. And the Lord said, Fred, you still got a promise. You still got a promise. So God gave Ezekiel the vision of the bones, the dry bones as a sign. It was a sign. 
In the middle of their stuff, he prophesies, and then God gives them a sign. So God transported Ezekiel, probably not literally, okay? I want us to know this, all right? He probably didn't transport him literally. Like Ezekiel wasn't like taken to some graveyard, you know, in a literal place. Spooky. And they're, oh, you know, we uh, people get hung up on that. Oh, my God, the Bible's a fiction thing. I'm like, guys, sit down somewhere. Chill out. But he was transported in a vision. Somebody say in a vision. To a valley full of dry bones. And he directed him to speak to the bones. He directed him to speak to the bones. To the dry bones. And I love it because God poses a question to Ezekiel. He looks at Ezekiel. He says, son of man. Can these bones live? I think this is a question that God is posing to us. To all of us on some level. As we peer at our situations, as we peer at our life, as we peer at our relationships, as we peer at the various things that and spheres of influence that we have in our life, I think the Lord is asking this question of us. Son of man, daughter of man, can these dry bones live? I want you to wrestle with that question. Because The truth is, you'll never move forward if you don't get honest about that question. Can the relationship live? Can I live with these kids, you know, my nerve? Come on, somebody. Blessed. Come on, somebody. Can this dream live? Can my desire and my passion be sustained during calamity? Can I keep dreaming? when I don't see success? Can I keep giving when I've expended myself? Can I keep pressing towards the life that God has for me when everything else looks so much funner? so much easier. Can these dry bones live? Mm. 
got to wrestle with that question. You have to wrestle with that question. And it's a question that God asks every last one of us. Can these dry bones live? Can they live? Can it live? Can it survive? Are you capable of holding on when things don't seem like it's going to work out? Can it live? Look. I love it because Ezekiel said the Lord, listen to this. He says he takes him to the valley and he's walking him back and forth through the valley, back and forth. He's walking around these dead bones, dry bones, a valley of dry bones. All he sees around him is destruction, calamity, death, and he's not seeing any life. God, the spirit, listen, the spirit of God is leading him back and forth through dryness. A valley of dead bones. The spirit of God is leading him through it. And it says he goes back and forth, back and forth. I don't know about y'all, but there's times in my life where it's like I take two steps forward and I get knocked back five steps. I'm back and forth. I seem to can't get forward because I keep the spirit of God leading him back and forth. And it's easy to get in these seasons and it's easy to get in this thing and think that the Lord is not with you. But maybe, just maybe, and I like to pose a question, maybe God is leading you through this valley. What if it's the hand of the Lord to show you something, to reveal something to you, to confirm confirm something in you? What if it's the hand of the Lord to remind you of the promise that he gave you? That valley of dry bones led by the Spirit. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor, on the valley. Bones that were very dry. Led by the Lord through a valley of dry bones. And he's walking back and forth and, and he's there. And the question comes, can these dry bones live? I'm going to give you I just want to give you something that the Lord has been resting on me. Because listen, sometimes we hear questions like that and we hear things like that and we get those things posed to us and we hear the Lord and we think we got to give God this, this holy answer and this, oh my God, Lord. Yeah, I believe these dry bones live. I know, I know that I know that I know. And, and, and it's, it's, it's easy to feel like you got to do that because you know that's the church thing to do. But when you're going through a storm. Listen, I don't feel like preaching and telling you that yes, this can live. God, if you tell me to have faith, there are times in my life where I'm like, mm, I don't know if I can have faith for that one, Jesus. It looks like it ain't going to work out and I'm just waiting on you to shut it down. Come on, somebody. I got faith for you to help me after the fact. And I'm in, and there are moments in your life where you have to be able to, to look at God and say, you know what? Only you know. <laughs> I love it because Ezekiel looks, you know, he's being led back and forth. 
It's a valley of very dry bones, as he calls it. And God says, can these, can these bones live? And many of us will be real holy. Oh, yes, Father, according to your word. <laughs> I rebuke the enemy. I cut it out. Ezekiel said, I ain't doing all that. I don't know. You know. I don't have a clue. You, you know what I do know? Is I see dry bones. You know what I see? It's dead bones. You know what I see right now, God? I don't see life. I don't, so I don't know. I don't know. Can I help you? I want to give you something real quick. Ain't nothing like a good holy I don't know. And when people try to pressure you and try to get you to answer and move quickly, you know what you need to lean back and say, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Well, what's going to happen with you with this? What's going to happen with that? I don't know. Well, how are you going to get over that one? I don't know. <laughs> well, I thought this was going to turn out good for you. You didn't hear me the first time. I'm going to say it one more time. And I'm going to say it like this because you need to hear it like this. I don't know. And I'll say it one more. I don't know. Are you hearing me? I want to give you the freedom today to tell people I don't know. I sit down with some people sometimes and they want to talk about the Bible and I say, yeah, as long as I don't know is a good response to you. Because I don't know everything. Come on, somebody. And if you expect me to know, you got to go. <laughs> I used to like, oh my God, this dude. <laughs> You got to learn how to tell people. And sometimes, listen, oh man, it's okay to not have all the answers. Faith is not knowing everything. Come on. You don't have to be certain about everything. Just because God told you it doesn't mean you're going to know for sure. Amen. It's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to blindly trust the Lord. Can these dry bones live? Ezekiel, prophet, man of God, prophesying to the best of them. And he looks at him and he says, I don't know. I love y'all, but we ain't as holy as Ezekiel. <laughs> Ezekiel, come on, somebody. I'm just, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not even going to put levels on holiness. But you get what I'm saying. That man was a man of God. You see Ezekiel coming. Hey, 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 hey. That's Ezekiel. Move out the way. Get the man 10 feet. You walk in, his shadow will slain you in the spirit. And he still said, I don't know. And you so hard on yourself and I'm so hard on myself when we think we got to have the answers. And guess what? It is okay. The man taught us it is okay that even if God asks you a question, it's okay to say. 
I don't know. Somebody say, I don't know. Ezekiel says, I don't know. Only you, Lord of God in heaven, almighty one, you know. <laughs> he beefed it up too. Like he just, listen, you got to catch it. He says, son of man, can these dry bones live? Ezekiel got real holy. I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. That was his most holy way of saying, I'm clueless. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, that maybe that just tickled my heart when I was reading the scripture. I was like, man, he got real holy just to say, oh. But you do. Ezekiel was to tell the bones that God would make breath into the bones and they would come to life just as in the creation of man when he breathe life into Adam. Ezekiel obeyed. The bones came together. Flesh developed. Skin covered the flesh. Breath entered the bodies and they stood up as a vast army. This vision, this vision symbolized the whole house of Israel that was in captivity. Like unburied skeletons, the people were in a state of living death. Pining away with no end Listen, listen now, to their judgment in sight. Their hope was gone, they, and they were cut off forever. At least that's what they thought. They thought their hope was gone, and they thought they were cut off forever from God's presence and from God's promises. The surviving Israelites felt like their national hopes had been dashed, and the nation had died in the flames of Babylon's attack with no hope of resurrection. But God, but God, the reviving of dry bones signified God's plans for Israel's future. Signified God's plans for Israel's future restoration. The vision also, most importantly, showed that Israel's new life depended on God's power. Somebody say God's power and not the circumstances of the people. Putting breath in dead bodies is something only God can do. And Ezekiel was very, very aware of that. God, that's above my pay grade. I don't care how holy I am. I don't know. But you know if they can live again because this is in your wheelhouse. Amen? Putting breath by God's spirit into the bones showed that God would not only restore them physically, but also spiritually. The Israelites resided, they resided in the Holy Land today. Uh, the Israelites resided in the Holy Land today are not the fulfillment of this prophecy. It will be fulfilled when God regathers the Israelites to the land and Christ returns to establish his kingdom. But God's promise still stands. 
Amen? Amen. So I was thinking about this today, and the Lord gave me three, four prophetic declarations that I wanted to declare over us today as a church. Amen? Amen. I feel like this is a significant message. Four things from this that I want to declare over us. First of all is this, I want to declare that the breath of God is bringing you and me and this church back to life. Bringing you back to life. And I'm not talking about just waking up, breathing every day. And No, I'm talking about life. I'm talking about fun, life, enjoyment. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about where you can smile again. Amen. Amen. Where you can laugh again. Where you can live and not be stressed about everything. Somebody say life. Breath is, in this scripture, the word ruah means wind, breath, mind, spirit, and vigor. His breathing, his wind, his breath, his mind his spirit, and his vigor back into us. Amen? As I was looking at this, this word is mentioned 505 times in the Bible. And many of those times are found in the prophecies to Israel. As a reminder God wants to give them back life. Somebody say life. Breathe the breath of man, the breath of God into man, Adam. The breath of life. Somebody say the breath of life. The word life, when he's talking about that with Adam, is the same word used that we get structure from means the ability to bear weight. Come on, somebody. Are you catching this? Listen, listen, listen. God wants to breathe his breath into us so that we can have his life, his ability to bear weight. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, breathe. 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 I was reading this and the Lord said this. He said, and I started breaking down these words, you know, breath, mind, spirit. But spirit is animation, vivacity, which means to be attractively lively or vigor. That is physical strength and good health. And the Lord said this to me, he said, Fred, tell the people that I'm giving my spirit to them. I've given them breath so they can have life again. So you can be attractively lively. Amen. 
What do I mean? You can be fun again. Amen? Some of us have got so wrapped up and worried and stressed that we ain't even fun for ourselves. Y'all, y'all glow in the dark. I don't. Come on, somebody. Ask my wife. She like, yeah, yes, Lord. I'm trying to figure out who, what happened to my husband, who, what did, what way he went. Come on. And the Lord said this to me. He said, I want to restore life to you so you can enjoy your life, enjoy yourself again. Not only that, listen, listen, vigor. He wants to give us physical strength and good health. And the Lord said this to me. He said, Fred, this season, this next season, I am doing a holistic healing. Come on now. I'm doing a holistic restoration. It's not just going to be your, your feelings and your mind and your emotions. I'm going to do, I'm going to heal your body. Amen. Amen. Not just God giving you will and friends again. He's going to give you good health. But, but, but let me say this. God giving us good health don't mean it comes with no instructions. Are you hearing me? God may give you good health, but good health might mean getting off the couch. Or, you know, giving up Zaxby's. Oh, Lord, don't do that to me, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Are you catching this? And a lot of times we go, God, and God gives us a word, and then we, we don't do it. The breath of God is bringing you back to life. Somebody say, The breath of God bring you back to life and I declared it over you it's not just your emotions and all these little it's going to be a holistic restoration who could use a holistic restoration come on somebody come on are you come on are you with me somebody needs to raise your hand and say I received that word amen you <laughs> I need a holistic restoration God come on yeah I'm tired of waking up with migraines. Y'all ain't with me today. I don't want, I, I want to not wake up with migraines. I, I want to declare, wake up and declare healing over my body and I'll be healed. Amen. I'm talking about a season where we walk in and when we say it, we, it happens. Come on, somebody. When we started this church, one of the things that I was talking about is we, I, I really desired that this church would be a spiritual a church of spiritual temperature. Yes. We'd be mature believers who knew how to speak to our situation and things changed, amen? Yes. And it's easy to fall in the trap of Sunday morning. Yes. Sunday morning. 
But this is why we do this Friday nights. This is why we do those, those things, because I want to stretch us beyond our abilities, beyond our places of comfort, and say, you know what? No, I can stand up, because I am a son of God, and I am a part of the kingdom of heaven. I am a citizen and an ambassador of Christ, and when I speak, things shift, amen? When I say something, things have to change. I am not just a person walking around on earth. I have power in my tongue to speak life and death. But we won't ever get there if we don't explore the things of God that are beyond our comfort zone. We have to learn how to believe for healing. I'm struggling with that one, Fred. I do too. I done prayed for people and they still died. But what happens when your prayers come up against the will of God? Amen. Amen. Don't be mad at God because his will is greater than your prayers. He is God all by himself. And just because you pray don't mean he got to shift his wit. I'm going to move on. Let me move on. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. You want to finish this one? You might want to finish this one. <laughs> Richard, like, no. Mm-mm. Next thing is this one. Declare this. The hand of God is restoring and, recover, and restoring and covering you. Somebody say restoring and covering you. Ezekiel said, I saw tendons. This is what the Lord said. I will make tendons come and I will put flesh on and I will bring skin. Tendons, flesh, skin. The Lord was teaching me something because, you know, I always thought flesh and skin was the same thing. He's like, no, 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 no. Tendons, flesh, skin. Somebody say tendons. Tendons are a cord of strong, flexible tissue similar to a rope. It connects the whole body together every joint every finger everything is filled with tendons all the nutrients in your body flow through tendons the place of growth in your body is formed at the joints through the tendons. Bishop Tony Miller said like this, and I never understood it until I was doing some study on this, but he said, the place of connection is where growth happens. If you want growth, you gotta get in community. Healing happens in community. Growth happens at connection. And I was just sitting there like, oh my God. And I'm reading this and it because you know, it's 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 hard. It's just, it's just hard. Let's just be real. It's hard. Come on. Right? Because people just get on your nerve. Your line nerve. But attendance is the place of connection. 
Listen to this. Had God brought the bones back together without giving them tendons and gave them flesh and skin, they would have been still broken. They wouldn't have been able to stand up. They wouldn't have been able to do anything. Because you need connections for strength. You need connections to be able to walk. You need connections to be able I'm not, listen, I'm not saying you gotta trust everybody, but come on now. We need connections to get stuff done. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, Fred, tell the people I'm restoring connections. I'm restoring tendons. I'm I'm gonna fix some broken relationships, some damaged things. I need to hear that. Even for me, amen? Because it's been an interesting time in my life as a pastor where I felt alone and a lot of broken friendships. And the Lord said, I'm going to restore. It may not be the same connections, but the Lord is going to restore connections. I'm going to say restore connections. The body contains thousands of tendons. They let us move our limbs, protect us from injury by absorbing the impact from the movement. <laughs> what tendons do? They allow for movement and then, and then protect you for what may come from the movement. When you replace that word with connections, it changes a lot of things. Connections allow movement and connections protect you for what the potential movement may bring. Tendons. And God put the tendons on. Somebody say he put the tendons on. Some of us been wearing tennis shoes. We need to wear tendon shoes. <laughs> Y'all like, oh my God, dad joke. What do you call feet with no connections? Tenderless. <laughs> then he brought the flesh. Somebody say flesh. The flesh is the soft substance consisting in muscle and fat that is found between the skin and the bones of an animal or a human. And this is what I love about this, listen. He brought the tendons and then he brought the flesh, right? Flesh is the soft part. And the Lord said, Fred, tell the people, I'm gonna bring back a softness. A softness to your heart, a softness to your life. Come on, right? Where you're not hard on the edge all the time and you don't feel like you got to be in a fight and you got to protect yourself and, and be on guard because I don't know what's going to happen with this person. And, and some of us, we become so hard and God said, I want to bring a softness back to you, a tenderness back to you. A loving respect to you. Are you hearing me? Yeah. 
yesterday was a challenging day. And when I laid down last night, I was like, Lord, I don't ever want to be this hard. I don't want to be this hard. I don't want to be this hard on myself. I don't want to be this hard on my wife and children. I don't want to be this hard on others. I don't want to be this hard on, as a pastor. I don't want to be this hard. I just want to, I want to be soft. I want to be pliable. I want to be flexible. I don't want to feel surprised and fearful when things don't go the way that I thought they should go. I want to be soft. It sounds weird coming from a man. That sounded weird, right? Sounds weird coming from a man. I want to be soft. I want to be hard. I want to be the soft teddy bear that my kids cry in like, Dad! You know, they bounce off of me because I got dad belly. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine your life. You know, the things that are most impactful for us are the soft people. We walk away from hard people that, that oh, you just feel just like tearing apart. You don't walk away from that going, man, that was a great experience. I want to hang out with that person again. <laughs> oh, you go. Oh my God, I am so glad I'm out of there, Lord. But when you get around people that are just soft and loving and, you know, what's that, growing up in church, we had like that old, that old mother that, that just, you know, you just, you know, I love her. I don't know why I love her. She tell me, sit down and be so nice. Sit down, baby, before I whoop your behind. Yes, ma'am. And I just felt loved even while getting discipline and correction. We need those kind of people. We need to be those kind of people. Amen? My youth pastor was like that. Just, just a man that you just exuded love. And he went hard on himself. He went hard on nobody else. But he could correct me and I would be like, He was soft. Amen? Lord is restoring softening. And the skin. Somebody say skin. skin. Skin is the largest organ of the body. The skin and its derivatives, hair, nails, sweat, oil glands, makeup. I don't know what that word is, so I'm not even going to go down. One of the main functions of the skin is protection. Somebody say Protection protects the body from external factors such as bacteria, chemicals, and temperature. God could have given them tendons, connections. He could have given them softness, but he had to give them a layer of hardness too. Because the layer on the outside is for protection. Somebody say protection. And here's the thing. Listen, listen. Every part of your body is not covered by skin. There are, uh, catch this now. There are some parts of your body 
that you don't have to open to allow things in. Amen? Or allow things out, if you know what I mean. Come on, somebody. There are some parts of your body. Amen? And there's some part of your body that is no question. Which helps to beg to knowledge that the barriers that are set up in your life for protection are under your own control. Amen. Amen. You let what needs to be in, in, and when you let what needs to be out, out. Are you catching what I'm saying? I said it a few months ago. Don't build walls, build a fence with a gate. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? Some protection is there by default. Some protection is there by decision and discernment. God wants to give you back that. Amen. Next thing is this. A move of God is removing barriers and leading you to promise. I love this because even skin speaks into this. But God says to them, I'm going to bring you from your grave. I'm going to get you out of the grave. Somebody say, get you out of the grave. He says, I'm going to take you out of the grave. I'm going to open up your grave. I'm going to remove the barrier. I'm going to remove the thing that's keeping you down, the thing that's keeping you under, the thing that's locking you in place, the barrier that has been set up to keep your life from growth, that has kept keeping you in dead places, that's keeping you in places where you don't have any life. I'm going to remove that. Come on, somebody. I'm going to remove it. A, a grave is a place to bury for a dead body, typically a hole dug in the ground marked by a stone or a mound. Listen, listen, I'm going to remove you from the place that's been set up for your dead life. I'm going to remove you from the sin that so easily besets you. I'm going to remove you from this stuff. I'm going to remove it. I'm going to remove the barrier. I'm going to remove the issue. I'm going to remove the thing that's holding you back. Come on, somebody. I'm going to remove it, but I'm not just going to remove the barrier. I'm also going to lead you back to the promised land. He says to him, to Israel, he says, Israel, I'm going to bring you out of the grave. I'm going to remove your grave. I'm going to bring you up out of it. And guess what he says? I'm going to lead you back to the land of Israel. I'm going to lead you back to the land of promise. I'm going to get you back to the place of promise. I'm going to lead you back to what my word said because my word is true and I always stand on my word. I am a man of my word. I am a God of promise. And when I say it, it's going to happen. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how who who's there when you get there, who ain't there when you get there. I'm going to stand on my, because God's word is true and God's word is true. Come on, somebody, God's promises stands forever. Well, what do you mean, Fred? I mean, if you've seen him do it before, he'll do it again. I mean that if you uh, don't, listen, listen, don't let the enemy tell you that it's over when it's not over. 
don't buy into the lie that God can't do what he said he would do. I promise you, if he said it, it will, somebody say, it will be done. The land of Israel was promised to Abraham and his descendants. And they got this promise and they got the reminder that they were going to get this promise and be led back to this promise. And they got this reminder that God was going to restore them while they were in captivity, while they didn't see the promise, while things were out of order, while things were not going according as planned. They had a word that reminded them of a promise that God's is true. A move of God. Somebody say a move of God. And I love what God says here. He didn't say, I'm going to sin. He said, I will move your grave. I, listen, I'm, I'm going to read it. I want to read it right. I want to read it right. He says, uh, mm, 12. Therefore, prophets, I say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says to my people, I, somebody say I, am going to open, I am going to open your grave. I am going to open, who's going to, who is I? It is God. I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I, somebody say I, will bring you back to the land of Israel. I, somebody say I. Who is I? God. Not your best friend, God. Can I be, listen, listen. It's going to be God. Not anybody else, not any situation, not your counselor, not your therapist. It's going to be the Lord. I know these people are good and they help us and they all, but it's the Lord. Amen. It's the Lord. The Lord. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. I bring you a move of God God in action God working on your behalf the Lord's plan God doing it not you God and I love this and I'm about to close it because I done preached way too long come on somebody the last thing is the spirit of God is settling you spirit and and uh is, is the things we talked about earlier is animation and vivacity and vigor. It's wind, it's breath, it's the spirit of God, the life of God, the vigor of God. All of these things are going to settle you. Somebody say settle you. He says, I will bring you out of your graves. I'll bring you out of the land. You, my people know uh, when I open up your grace, I will put my spirit and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. I will settle you. Many of us have lived our life unsettled in shambles and this year and maybe last year and the year before I hear the Lord saying this you've gone back and forth circle after circle it doesn't seem like things are working out but I'm here to prophesy to you today in this moment that the spirit of God is going to settle you he's going to settle you 
every anxious spirit, every fight, every battle, God's spirit is about to settle it. He's going to settle the issues. He's going to settle your spirit. He's going to settle your emotions. You're going to walk in a peace that you don't even know. Why do I have this much peace? A peace that surpasses all understanding. A life full of being settled. I don't feel like I got to hurry to nothing. I don't feel like I got to rush. I don't feel like I'm late. I know I'm right on time because I'm believing what God says. I am settled. Somebody say settled. Settled. And the Lord spoke this to me. He said, Fred, when you feel confused, I'm not there. I said, say that again, Lord. When you feel confused, I'm not there. I am not the author of confusion. And some of you, know, we use that scripture so lightly, but the truth is, uh, many of us have lived our life full of chaos and confusion. And God says, listen, I am not the author of confusion. So if you feel confused, his spirit ain't in it. Well, why did I name this, then you will know? This is why. The question ain't so much whether if God's going to show up, it's when will I know that it's the Lord. And this, this is what the Lord said to me, when you feel settled, then you will know. <laughs> when you don't feel like you got a rush and you don't feel like everybody's pulling you and you don't feel the, the season of distraction and you don't feel like your heart is torn and all these different things, then you will know that I am God. Then you will know that he is for you. Then you will know. Listen, when you learn how to rest in his presence, rest in his grace, rest in the Lord, let him handle it. Trust him beyond all trust. Trust him beyond anything. You will then know. Somebody say, then you will know. Then you will know. Fred, how do I know I'm in God's will? Well, you trust him. And you trust him to the point that you're settled in trusting him. Then you will know you're in God's will. Well, how do I know that this is, this is the plan of the Lord? When you learn how to trust him during calamity. When you learn how to trust him during chaos. When you learn how to lean into him and trust him no matter what's going on in your life. Ezekiel. These bones are very dry. Son of man, can these bones look? I don't know, God. But you do. You have answered correctly, sir. Now let me tell you how to bring him back to life. I want you to speak these words. Power, life, and death in the tongue. The Lord said, spoke to me and he said, Fred, it's... I was talking about this, and I was praying about prevail, and he said, the struggle has been, you are unsettled. Unsettled. And when we are unsettled, we get involved in all kinds of stuff. 
the greatest thing we can do. And some of y'all know this already because you didn't live your life long enough to understand this, all right? So I'm just, I don't even know why I'm saying this. You should be up here preaching. Amen. But I'm going to say it anyway because you don't want to preach. So I'll do it for us. (laughs) Except for Rachel, right? Rachel, Rachel, I ain't get up there. (laughs) The greatest thing you do in life Spend time discovering who you are in Christ before you try to discover who you are in the world. Amen. Because the world will tell you every week something different. Am I right? All the adults will be like, yes. Y'all ready to throw a hanky at me up here. Listen. The world will tell you something every day. I I learned this the hard way, my Lord. Spend time discovering who you are in Christ before you try to discover who you are in the world. Amen? And let God do the rest. Stay with me. I preached way too long, I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize. I told Logan last week to stop apologizing. We go to a restaurant, wait on food for three hours. Get mad at me for preaching for six hours. <laughs> Y'all looking like that nobody even preaching for six hours. I, I feel you. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that while all this is, stuff has been going and life has been interesting and crazy, thank you. And we can rest in the fact that you are God and you are good. We trust you. We believe in you. We know that you are capable of doing what you said you would do. So I pray, Lord, today. And we lean into that, God. And I pray, God, that there will be restoration in this life, God, there'll be a fresh, a refreshing, a fresh spirit, an outpouring. God, that we have joy again, that we have peace again. And then we live our life just leaning into you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done in our hearts, and I pray that you would just remain with us. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in.